Thanks, Austin. Guys, it's been good to be with you again, and uh, we'll be back again in another few weeks. Uh, and sometime in October, we're back. Uh, really has. It's good to meet some of the C5 guys and gals that, that uh, uh, we see you around, we say hi, but don't really get to know you till we actually sit down and have a, uh, a coffee or, you know, a Coke and are able to hear your story and, and share a little bit of life with you. Everybody doing okay? Yeah. Yay. You know, everywhere relationships are falling apart. We know that's true. Tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about, in fact, I was kind of asked to share this, uh, but I believe it's really something that God wants to put into our tool belt, a relationship tool belt. I want to show you how to protect your relationships. How many of you have a relationship you want to protect? You want to keep it intact. You don't want it to fall apart. I believe that relationships are held together, you ready? By honor. That's good, Where there is no honor, people are afraid. And the number one defense mechanism for a person who is afraid is control. Golly, you got the expensive seat back there. <laughs> you know, this is hilarious. He's in the toilet. <laughs> you I remember I, I, when, when I went to university, I, I wasn't a believer, and, and uh, a guy invited me to a Bible study. So I, I kind of half-baked, decided to do it. It started at 11 o'clock at night, as most things at college do. Uh, and, and when I went and knocked on the door, I expected to find, you know, four or five guys. I had to sit outside in the hall. <laughs> Because there were so many guys, and, and there was guys sitting in the closet, one sitting in the sink. <laughs> really was, you know. Anyway, so that's it just give me a little flashback here. All right, here, here's the equation I want you to remember: no honor equals fear, which equals control. No honor equals fear, which equals control. Remember that little equation. So fear produces control in relationships. First John 4 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love removes fear, but can I suggest to you in the same way, fear casts out love? So you're going to have to decide what kind of culture you're going to cultivate in your relationships, in your family, in the houses, in your church. Honor is essential. Because if you don't know how to create honor, you're not going to know how to create lasting freedom. How many of you think freedom in relationships is important? Yeah. All through the scriptures, we find the instructions and exhortations to honor. First and foremost, to honor Jesus. 
parents, wives, widows, governmental authorities. But there's, there's, you know, those things are understandable because you want to honor, you give honor where honors do, give honor where they've earned it, etc. But then there's this one verse that always got me. This is the First Peter two verse, verse seventeen. You ready? It's going to get you. Honor all people. Now, y'all smile at me when I talk this way. This is good. (laughs) Why do you think that's important? Because within the culture of honor, you are protected from the character defects in others. Now, guys, when I pause, y'all know why I pause. It's it's because that's really important. I want you to just kind of bathe in that for a minute. It's not because I don't know what to say. Within the culture of honor, your character defects are not going to control who I am, and vice versa. Everywhere Jesus goes, doesn't matter who he's with, he's Jesus. Doesn't matter if Judas is skimming off the till. Doesn't matter if he's standing in front of Pilate, who threatens him with his life. The culture of honor protects our core values one towards the other. How do you learn honor? You can answer, it's okay. Example. Honor, first and foremost, is something that is taught or caught. On the knee of your father and mother, you discover the culture, what the culture of honor is all about. It's not so much something you learn through a book. It's on the job, on the job training. So when I say the word honor, what does that mean to you? Throw me out some synonyms. Respect. There we go. That's the number one. Again? Integrity. Integrity. Love? Is that what I heard? Again? Sacrifice. Sacrifice? Selflessness. Selflessness. Mm-hmm. Patience. Patience. I think when I think of honor, I think of like lifting someone up. Ah, uh, you read my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to give you a verse. Psalms 8, verse 4 and 5. Honor, like love, begins with God. We love because He first loved us. I'm going to suggest to you tonight we honor because He first honored us. That's a weird thought, isn't it? Psalms 8, 4 and 5 says, What is man that you take thought of him, or the son of man that you care for him? Yet you've made him a little lower than... Some of your versions say the angels. It's the word Elohim. It's the word God. You made him a little lower than God. Don't you think that got Lucifer pissed off? I mean, upset. I guarantee it did. And you crowned him, it says, with glory and majesty. By the way, the word glory is the same root word for the word honor. 
you know, you stop and think about it. Whatever I have to give him is really insignificant in light of the fact when I understand he first honored me. And in so honoring you and I, it does something, it changes something about me. It changes who I am in relationships. That's what honor does. It changes relationships. Honor begins with the greater blessing the lesser. Let me give you a definition. Here's my working definition for honor. Now, most of you know I'm a teacher, so I'm word sensitive, so I'm going after very specific things. Honor literally means to promote. These, this, she read this earlier. That's why she threw this out. <laughs> to lift or to elevate to another level or status. To lift or to elevate. To take someone from one level and raise them up to another. To give respect and admiration. You okay with that? Did I do that one okay? (laughs) (laughs) So how, how does honor work? Okay, in the Ten Commandments, we find this commandment. It says, honor your father and mother... Because this is going to add to your life in the land which the Lord has given you. Whoa, Bob. (laughs) But what if mom and dad aren't believers? What if mom and dad are abusive? What if mom and dad are strangers? What if mom and dad... What if? Nonetheless, it says, honor your father and mother. Okay. So, so how do you do that? You ready? I'm going to give you the practice here. Get ready, because we're going to do it. I believe God has deposited greatness in every person. I don't care if they're walking the street, unable to have a place to lay their head whether they sleep in the penthouse of the nicest place in town. I believe God has deposited greatness in everybody. Are you all okay with that? Okay, I'm going to show you how to honor now. Look for the greatness God has put in that other person. Father and mother in this scriptural exhortation. Drag that to the surface in your relationship with them. And it begins with your focus, then moves to your attitude that is communicated through your conversations. I'm talking to you about how to honor. You honor by reaching in, grabbing the deposits of heaven, the deposits of God that are in them. Now this, again, is a scriptural exhortation about father and mother. Because what you connect to is what you inherit. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really good, Bob. That's, that's... <laughs> Honor is your way of connecting to the Christ-like character of God 
that is deposited in your folks. In your lineage. And you grab that legacy and you pull it into your generation. Unforgiveness and judgments connect you to the negative parts. The parts of their lives that have probably brought you pain and parts that you don't want and that you detest. Are you all okay with that? So honor is the currency of heaven. That's a cultural thing. It's a heavenly cultural thing. It flows from the throne of God all the way into eternity. So the inheritance that flows from generation to generation, the legacies that pass down are built and established and passed through honor. I hope you're getting this. Let me give you an illustration how honor works. Bible illustration. How many remember David and Jonathan? Very unique illustration. It says, David's heart's knit to Jonathan. He loves Jonathan as he loves his own soul. 1 Samuel 18, verse 4. It says, Jonathan stripped himself of his robe that was on him, gave it to David with his armor, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now, I've heard it preached that some people say, well, Jonathan knew David was going to be king, so that's why he did that. The Bible doesn't say that. But this is what I do know, is what Jonathan did was an act of honor. The elements of royalty in Jonathan's life were given to the servant boy, David. As a result, Jonathan's status was imparted to David. What does that do? David now becomes royalty. It changes the relationship. How many of you realize that's exactly what the Lord has done with us? Honor causes us to be princesses, princes, children of a king. Come on. Co-laborers with Christ. Sons and daughters. Royal family. What has happened? Your status has been elevated through the honor that the Lord has given to you. Are we okay? Honor brings freedom. But freedom brings responsibility. Responsibility to discover, to become whom God created you to be. That's what freedom does. Then it brings responsibility for you to be you. We have lunch tomorrow, you bring Ben to the table. I'm sure you will. No matter who you're with. For me to bring myself to the table in relationships, no matter what you say, no matter how you treat me, for me to find my voice, my authentic self, but honor also produces safety. When honor is given from one to another, it speaks to that other person that you are a safe place for them. I believe one of the greatest priorities of leaders is to provide a safe place that are for those that are entrusted to their care. I have a question. 
I got a lots of them. I'll trade you. Go ahead. You give me one, I'll give you one. I believe trust is a critical part, ingredient, in the flow of honor. I don't believe you can have honor without trust being part of the the pie, the cake. Good question, though. Good observation. So is there conflict in relationships? Yes, of course. But the more the conflict the more honor required. It's honor that holds this whole thing together. So, so how does it work again? Well, you look at that person until you see some of the greatness God deposited in them. You don't see it, keep looking. Still don't see it, keep looking. And then you drag that to the surface in that relationship through your attitude, your disposition, hey, watch this, and your mouth. So what happens when you talk negatively? You dishonor. You disrespect. You know what all that does? It takes value out. Takes value out. Takes value out. Dishonor, disrespect takes value away from a person in relationship. Honor and respect puts value into the begins with this attitude of admiration. Wonder. You're looking at that person, right, until you see something wonderful in them. How many of you realize that, you know, in the midst of this, you can kind of whisper a little prayer, Holy Spirit, let me see through your eyes. You'll be surprised what he'll show you. What he'll allow you to see. What a beautiful and unique creation they are. Men and women, we have to get consumed with pointing out the wonder, the value, the significance, the worth in other individuals. When a culture of honor prevails, you don't tear people down. You don't bad talk them. You say, well, I just need a place to unwind. Okay, there's places for that. Even with an honor. Next time I'm here, we're going to talk about, those of you that weren't here at the, at the relationship seminar on Sunday, we talked about communication quite a bit. And I'm going to talk to you about how to use I statements so that when you're talking through difficult things in your life, you're not accusatory, critical, or judgmental towards the other people. It's a, it's a very practical tool to put in your relationship tool belt so you can learn how to maintain honor In the culture of honor, there are no expendables. There's none that we look at with an attitude of lesser. Disposable. Man, honor creates safety, protection, 
It builds a community of freedom. So honor is about elevating the other in status, looking for the deposits of glory within them, and raising it to, raising them to another level. Okay. Something happened many years ago when I was pastoring. We had a, a large building we bought. We bought a an, uh, an eightplex cinema. And so we dropped the walls on four of these plexes and, and made a big auditorium. Uh, and, and one of our elders, and he was in his 40s, was a contractor by trade. So he was the logical guy to put in charge of that. So we put him in charge. And he still had some of his own stuff going on on the side, which is no big deal. Experienced contractor, right guy to do it. And... Uh, during this time, I get a call from our bookkeeper and said, Bob, I, I need to talk to you. She came into my office. It was early one morning. Uh, she was dropping by on her way to work. And uh, she came into my office and told me a little story. About two months into our construction, she started noticing that we were getting billed for things that we weren't using, that we hadn't bought. Well, what had happened was that he was using our church account because it was a big account, and he was using that to get products for some of the other little remodeling jobs he was doing. And they were all church members, so you can, I mean, you could explain this. How many of you realize that's not real ethical? And, and you know, and it would get paid back before the money was ever missed. Money wasn't the issue. So I, I gave him a call, and I had a couple of the other guys in the office with me. It's about 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and he comes walking in, and soon as he walked around the corner, tears just came flooding out of his eyes. I hadn't said anything. hadn't done anything. He began to admit his error, ask forgiveness, and he was kind of prepared to get kicked to the curb. And I said to him, Jim, you know, it wasn't really a good idea to use personal, bad idea to use church funds for, for these other accounts. He says, yeah, I know that. I said, so what happened? He said, I don't know. I just thought it was an easier way, and it was a little bit of man-pleasing going on in there because these people then don't have to go get construction loans, just making it easier for some So you thought you were going to help the people? Yeah, yeah, I thought I was going to help them. Jim was really sensitive to the whole people-pleasing thing. And part of it was because he'd lost his dad when he was a kid. And, and uh, due to the early departure of his dad who drowned... Uh, when he was just a little kid, you know, he kind of developed this equation in his mind and heart. You know, if if you love someone, you better hang on to them really tight. So he just kind of become a little controlling and all that kind of thing. And the man pleasing was huge. Jim stands there, kind of wiping his face and looking across the faces of his brothers. I said, you know, Jim, you know, who have you hurt by these actions? 
And of course, we're sitting there, so he says, us, my wife, my kids, people I've led to Christ. And, you know, he was there that morning to teach a discipleship class. We had about 120, 20, 30-year-olds, your age, uh, that were getting trained for ministry. And, and uh, he was prepared to walk down the hall and teach this class. How many of you realize that's kind of hard to do that after you? So I just shook my head and just kind of quiet. How many of you know godly sorrow leads to repentance? I just wanted to give godly sorrow opportunity to do its thing. So I didn't jump into it, just got quiet. Said, uh, didn't, I'm not a big proponent of punishment and threats. I said, Jim, uh, sounds like you have a pretty good list of people that you feel like you've hurt by this. How long do you think it'd take you to deal with it? He said, a couple of weeks. I said, okay. Okay. Then he stopped. He said, can we just go down the hall and I'll, I'll begin with, got about 40 kids in a, Forty young people in, in, in a room. You know they're committed when they're in the room at six a.m. to said, "Sure, we can." So we walked down the room, walked down the hall to this room, and uh, I got up in front of the kids and I said, "Listen, I don't want any of you to make judgments on what's about to happen. I want you to remember what you were like before you even came to Christ." Don't you make judgments. Come on, Jim. Jim stood up, began to talk to him, tell him what he'd done, why he'd done it. By the way, this was his idea, not mine. You get the picture? I wasn't doing this. This is him. This is part of the godly sorrow stuff. And the moment that he quit, I started to say, let's pray for Jim. But they erupted, got out of their seats, gathered around him, began to cry over him, pray over him, most not on him. You know, all just, I mean, he, he crumbles to the ground, just weeping so hard, breaking shame off of him. It, it was beautiful. Just a little bit later, we finally, when everybody recomposed themselves, Jim says, there's another class down the hall. Can we go to that one now? <laughs> so we walked down the hall to a second year class. And uh, all the rest of these other guys and gals from that first year, they all stood along the sides like a bunch of angels. Jim did the same thing. Response was the same. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. All during that time, we had someone that were covering Jim's responsibilities for a couple of weeks, put some other safeguards, checks and balances in the finances and how that worked. And then Jim went back to work, working on the buildings and doing what he does. The reason I'm telling you this is because at the end of the time, we have a, uh, we'd have kind of a little graduation thing for these guys and gals. And, and one of the, gals said, I'd, I'd like to share a little thank you to the leadership team 
And she stood up and told the story about Jim. And then at the end, she said this, I would like to thank our leaders for showing us how to treat people with honor even when they fail. Y'all getting this? Even when they fail. Why? Because honor lifts up. Honor doesn't push down. Honor imparts value. Honor looks for the greatness inside a person even though there might be a bunch of other stuff. The thing that you admire and brings that to the surface through your attitude, your disposition, and your conversation. Men and women, I believe that honor is a choice that you have to make. And what I'm challenging you to do tonight is to choose honor as the culture, not only for your personal relationships, but the culture of this house, the culture of each of the houses. Let your conversation be as such as becomes the gospel of Christ, Paul said in Philippians. Put a guard on your ears as well as on your mouth. Hey guys, somebody can't sit and badmouth another if there's not somebody to listen to them. I know that was rocket science. Are y'all okay with all of this? Okay. I'm just talking to you about honor. And I want that to be deposited deep into your hearts. He's okay. I feel the same way, dude. <laughs> okay. All right. If you came with someone, I want you to turn and look at them. Now, if you didn't come with someone and, and you have a friend, you can do that. But if you don't, then you can, you're okay just to sit and watch everybody else. It'll be entertaining. And I want you to find, I want you to look at them till you see something that you admire in them. And then I want you to tell them, hey, I really admire this in you. Okay, I want you to bring it to the surface through your conversation right now. Because I'm showing you how to practically honor. Honor is not just a word. I honor you. Lord, we honor you. No. It's actually something you do. Okay? So, go do it. Go ahead. You're okay. You're going to scoot all the way across. Take the rest of the floor away. Y'all know each other well enough. <laughs>